October is Mental Health Awareness Month and it's aimed at shedding light on taboos around mental health disorders and to encourage people to get some help. Now, it's estimated that one in three South Africans will experience a mental health problem or illness in their lifetime. Around 70% of those who attempt to commit suicide suffer from a mental health disorder and, of course, some forms of addiction. Now, that's according to figures by the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. For more on this, we've got addiction and wellness counsellor Chris West Russell, who joins us this morning. Thank you very much for your time uh, this morning and for engaging us on such an important topic, uh, Chris. Um, it is a broad topic that we're engaging this morning and there are many components to it. And I don't think a lot of us understand the role that addiction could play in someone's sense of um, not wanting to live anymore and really just feeling a sense of hopelessness um, and wanting to die. Perhaps unpack that for us before we get into uh, some of the other components. Absolutely, Rafiwe. Um, I think the one thing that is quite surprising for a lot of people, but has actually been very clearly clarified by some incredibly large institutions, including the World Health Organization and Healthline US, for example, that uh, the disease of addiction is a chronic mental illness and must be treated uh, as any other chronic mental illness. And it's critical that that message starts to get across, because I think, and I know from myself, I'm a recovering addict, um, and I've now been in remission, or should I say, I've been um, out of my addiction, active addiction, for now 40 years. And for me, when I was in active addiction, I didn't see a way out. I really didn't. I started to feel that this was going to be the only way I was going to survive, was to continue using to even maintain normality. I wasn't getting high anymore. And my tolerance level was just so high. Uh, and I had lost everything, literally everything. And so I ended up uh, in the streets in London at the time, and I was sleeping in all-night cinemas. And I still didn't think I had a problem because because of the actual mental illness was so powerful that it mm. denied me the truth. And so <clears throat> I got to that place where I felt, you know what, I, 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 I just get, I must say, I did have suicidal thoughts uh, during that period because I was hopeless. I didn't see a way out. And unfortunately, because it, the stigma of addiction, that you're seen as a bad person, mm -hmm. Um, and, and all the stuff that's linked to the stigma of addiction, uh, it brings in a whole lot of other issues for people not to stand up and say, I've got a problem. Uh, and, and hence, they get to a place of complete hopelessness. So overall, I just want to make something very clear that addicts are really, uh, active addicts are really good people, but they're suffering from a, a really bad chronic disease. That's a very important point that you raised there and something that you alluded to which I want us to unpack a little further is the stigma around addiction and uh, mental health uh, disorders in general and the fact that people mm. don't feel comfortable enough to say to someone, hey Chris, I think I might have a problem and I don't know how to deal with it. How do we break that down? Well, it's a really, it's something that I'm working on at the moment mm. and I'm very open about my history and uh, my disease of addiction. Uh, I was caught on everything, right up through to, from alcohol right through to heroin addiction. But it doesn't matter about the substances. Those are the things I chose to uh, feed the actual disease of addiction. And that's a long story in itself of understanding what that's about. But at the end of the day, it's getting out and, and educating. And, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm being invited to speak to schools. I've just come back from Natal. 
doing some presentation not only to the students but also to the staff and the parents to explain to them what is addiction and how to recognize it and now how to deal with it and, that, and what I'm really wanting to get to is how we can try to prevent it because of naivety or just lack of information or being misunderstood. And I use in my presentation the examples of the stigma and one of them is the key element uh, that is just sort of seems to be, um, I find derogatory, but uh, because they use the words like junkie, uh, video junkie, they use you as a drunk, even the word alcoholic has a stigma to it that is not healthy, uh, whereas the person is actually mentally sick. And I compare it to somebody who uh, might have diabetes. You know, they have a life-changing condition of which they have to change a lifestyle to be able to live because there is no cure for diabetes, but for addiction, or diabetes too, should I say. But for addiction, there is no known cure, and it is a progressive illness. And, and very little information is passed out about that uh, to being accepted. I mean, um, the reason I, I mean, the things I use for, uh, as a stigma, I use television and radio. Uh, you know, you watch the CSIs or the, um, um, all the police uh, programs, and they use these words as junkie, drunk, dropout, uh, has been, and all the rest of it. And the fact that what they're talking about is a very sick person. Mm -hmm. um, sick in the, in the context of mental illness. Uh, not sick as in you are so sick you just don't know what you, you know, you, you're just a sick person as it's used nowadays. But this is a sick mental disease. Uh, and uh, I mean, this is a person who's dealing with, uh, who is sick, sorry, who is sick with a, a chronic mental illness and needs to be, uh, needs to be treated very, very quickly. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's basically how I, how I feel. I feel, you know, how I express it. Yeah, and I mean, in your expression and the um, going about to schools and engaging young children on uh, mental health and addiction um, issues as well as personal uh, wellness or overall wellness, have you found that there is an appetite from young people in the parts of the country that you've been in to learn about these things and to perhaps create present preventative measures for themselves um, going forward after you've engaged them? Do you find that there's an appetite unbelievable unbelievably so um and, and i think something that is 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 clearly present uh, the children or the students i speak to um will definitely uh come and talk to me afterwards in large groups uh, both talks that i gave last week uh, I had about 20 of the students to 30 of the students come and sit around and talk to me. And by telling them that we're not going to talk to anybody else what happens here that we're going to chat about and what questions you want to ask, because we've got to keep this a safe place and something that is seen as bad when it isn't. And immediately it opened up a whole floodgate of things that the students wanted to talk about and were really struggling with, which was related to what I call the internal silent pain, which is what they can't cope with, and so try to find a coping mechanism and tend up to be using a coping mechanism that is then activating their addiction.
Yeah, yeah. And that is such an important point to leave it on in that people have used addiction as a form of coping with whatever mental health disorder they may be experiencing. So thank you very much for shedding some light on this important topic. That was addiction and wellness counsellor Chris West-Russell talking about mental health disorders, addiction and the consequences thereof, but also that there is hope and speaking out is usually that glimmer of hope that you need.